everyone. What's up? It's ARW Raw, and we are here today with a very special guest, Ben Bradley. How's it going? Good. How are you, Amanda Romewest? It's nice to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I am great. I am great. I just filmed a really cool audition for a union gig um, just a few minutes ago before we hopped on the phone. So I'm, awesome. I'm getting really excited. I'm going to be must join soon. So I'm pumped. Good for you. That's awesome. That's a lot great. of stuff has lined up recently for me. That's great. I, I, that happens sometimes. That's good. Right. And so everyone can Gotta be introduced to you. Um, this guy, Ben, who's on the podcast right now, everyone, is so cool. I met him doing <laughs> acting on a job last month. And the first thing I saw, I thought when I saw you was like, oh, my God, this guy's like Brad Pitt's stunt double. Like, you straight up look like Brad Pitt. Like, I'm not joking. I should apply for that job. I've, I've heard that before. I've heard Jim Carrey, too. I don't know. I, oh, my God. I can totally see that. And I actually, um, I was working the other day on an HBO show with a guy who does all of the stand-in work for Dave Franco. And apparently, <laughs> like, if you just, like, get in there with the casting director, they just keep bringing you back. That's true. Those connections can really work sometimes. Yeah. If people like you, they'll, they'll, they'll use you again sometimes. It's a good good thing to have in your pocket sometimes. Right. And like um, this guy on set told me like he used to be able to have access to the emails of all of these different casting directors because they used to put it on IMDb Pro. But now I notice like there's no email addresses on there. There's only like agency numbers and they like obviously oh. like decline calls. You know what I mean? Yeah, they probably people probably were, were getting. Yeah, using getting savvy with it, much. being like, oh, yeah. I know how to use this now. Like this is workable. Right. Yeah. I used to I used to look people up that way that's actually not a bad way to well maybe not anymore but to to try to look for an agent or something like that was imdb right um, right i was gonna start doing that because i've had a few offers over the last few years um especially in the last few weeks but you know i have a really great entertainment lawyer um she's also my music lawyer shout out to rachel stillwell um she's really awesome because i send her anything i get and she was like I got this really great um, management, I thought. And then she did a background check and it was like they went bankrupt. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, I'm so glad I like had my people look through it because like, you know, sometimes oh, you're so no. excited. You're like, oh, my gosh, these people rep my friends. These people like rep like actors I love. That's so great. But it's like, you know, you got to be doing your background research or like having your people look it up. Wow. You can't trust anyone these days, especially in Hollywood. Yeah, it, that's smart. That's smart. That's something that you learned before I did, because I haven't even figured out how to do that. <laughs> so, that is what do you mean? Smart. You do so much well, stuff. Well, I mean, I don't look people up that well. I'm like, well, they seem fine. And, you know, they got their name here. I'll, I'll do a little bit of Googling, but I've never run like I've never done like a big, extensive any kind of background check. I've never paid money or, or done anything like that. No, like I didn't but, do that. Like my music lawyer did, um, because she's also my entertainment lawyer. But it's well, that's like what I need. It's, it's, it's worth it's worth the the time to do that because it costs way less money than having your lawyer read through all the contracts. And like I'd actually recommend hmm. um working with an entertainment or music lawyer, like especially for you, since like you're an artist. Like we'll get into all your stuff in a minute, but you know, as as an artist. I think it's so important to do that because like you can really get yourself into a really bad position sometimes if you trust too many people or if you think, oh, yeah. you know, these people say they know these people and they'll do this for me. But oftentimes it's it's kind of like just straight up lies to get you to sign the dotted line, you know? Yeah, no, that's that's very wise. Yeah. And I mean, I've been in that position before when I was younger. I had a manager for my music career and he was just like, oh, I know Chief Keef. I know Soldier Boy. Like I can get you like a verse like I can do it like. 
I just have to get you to sign. And like, at the time, like I had a really bad music lawyer, not my current one. And he was like in on it with this manager guy. And he was like, oh yeah, you should sign. Like he'll take 20% of everything, but he's going to like bring you a lot of work. And it's like, you got to really see what people can actually do for you before you sign. Cause like he brought me nothing. And like, thankfully I got out of the contract before it was like effective, but like, Wow. It was really stressful because it's like, you know, as a young artist or even just as any artist in this industry, you really think like, oh, all these people are here to help me. Like they want to make money off my work. Like, so they're going to get me more work. Right. But it's like right, not everyone right. wants to is motivated to fucking get you some shit. You know what I mean? Isn't that funny? I, you know, and what do they get out of it? Really? Like, right. It's like it's like if you're not if you're not bringing me opportunities, then what are you getting out of this? Like literally. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's weird. It's And there's there's a lot of gusto in this town. It's like a weird phenomenon you know people who just love to talk big <laughs> they just it's like wow you really don't have anything to, to you're not really doing anything actually it's literally it's like all talk no game and i meet yeah. people all the time like that like um you know I, as you know i'm a rapper so i fly my family in a lot for shows and like we were at the pool at um the one hotel like mm. when I, I think it was two months ago when I did the St. Patrick's Day headliner at the Viper Room and we were just at the pool chilling, you know, cool. um, hanging with my boyfriend and my parents. And this guy comes up to me and he's like, oh, are you in the industry? And I was like, yeah, we started getting talking. And he's like, oh, I'm like the manager for Chris Brown, da, 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 all this stuff. Like, I would love to sign you. And he like gave me his IG and stuff. And then like yeah. he straight up like followed me back and like liked all my stuff. So I was like, OK, he's chill. Like, let me send him a message so, so we can set up drinks or something. And I kept like messaging him and he just kept like opening it. It's like, why do you even want to connect if like, first of all, you're not real on it. And second of all, like you're hi you're clearly hiding something like you clearly don't <laughs> want to get up in front of all these people and say, I'm Chris Brown's manager, da, 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 like have a whole right. about it. And it's like it's like you're wasting my time and your time. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's crazy to think about. And like. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just going to be looking through IMDb Pro and more call sheet stuff for agencies. I don't even yeah. think I want a manager right now because my lawyer said, like, I since I do Patreon and, like, since I do Patreon <laughs> and music and, like, social media, like, they would want to manage that, too. But it's, like, if you're not bringing me anything, then why the fuck am I giving you a percentage of my stuff? Right, right. You got It's it's a tough thing because, you know, when especially when you're kind of starting out, like, you know, you're not, you're not, you don't have a million things you're trying to take care of or, or something, you know? Right. It's like, well, what do you, what are you supposed to do? Because you see a lot of people who are successful have all these things like, a, a, you know, a manager and an agent and a this and a that. And you go, well, they, I mean, there must be some kind of need for that. You know, maybe I'm supposed to just get one and then that'll lead to the next thing, next step or something, but not, you really don't necessarily need it. You know, it's a kind of, um, it's kind of like shrouded in mystery. A lot of the sort of loop loops and steps you have to go through on your way to trying to be more successful. And you can't know ahead of time, some of these things, you know, what, what's, what, what is a manager? Who do you go ask? Like what this person's supposed to be doing for you? I mean, SAG has some pretty cool resources. Like you can go to a little, uh, they have conversations and things online like the SAG foundation. You can kind of get a picture of things, but it's never complete. And there's always like, and then, and then of course you've got, like you said, these people who show up who are really like, and I think a lot of the, a lot of people really believe that that's how you get ahead is just talk. Like you just kind of pretend you're something until <laughs> And there's there is some truth to it. So it's like it's a weird thing because it's not necessarily total, totally false all the time, you know, 
but a lot of people think that's all it is like you like it's kind of like a get rich quick kind of scheme kind of thing so so if you're an artist or something who's working and like trying to put things together and spending time all day working on stuff or, or whatever percentage of a week you have to do that you know you have you have that's that's a legitimate kind of thing you're doing you know you're not out there necessarily just like you know blowing smoke in people's face or whatever <laughs> you know, and thinking that's the way to get ahead but totally and that's how so many people work and i feel like it's so funny that like we just hop on this podcast and immediately start talking about that because it's just like so yeah. appropriate uh, in this day and age like i don't know it's it just it's just so um relevant because i feel like everyone thinks oh yeah like you're saying let me get started let me get agency let me get management and you know having so many different offers throughout the last few years like i started acting in 2020 and i started music in 2018 beginning of 2018 so i've done music for about five years i've done acting for about two years now mm -hmm. and i can definitely say that there's so many people just lurking in the shadows just trying to get yeah. anyone to sign or, and getting and using any bait to get people to bite and that's what's really scary about this industry because people can say literally anything like especially in my interview with this management company i'm not gonna like name them because obviously i don't want any fucking lawsuits or anything but like <laughs> they were like oh we represent this person who's from like this big show and we represent this big rapper and we represent this big influencer we represent these mm -hmm. only fans models so like we could totally help you in all those departments da, da, da. but you know they never really said what they would actually do for me. So it's like, you're all talk, but no work. And yeah. like, I feel yeah. like people got to watch out for that. And like, I think it's better to be independent slash non-union on all of that until you get in the position. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and if you're going to have meetings like that, I think, I think it's really smart to, to sit down and think about like what you want and, and what, is reasonable to expect and and just ask questions like so what what happens in this relationship you don't you can even sound like like you don't know what you're talking about it, it doesn't make you stupid or anything you know to say so what happens with this what goes next like what what should i expect from this relationship you can ask questions as simple and direct as that i think it's really great because it it shows that it's a kind of it's a professional thing to do really to say what what can i expect from this <laughs> what's the point of this <laughs> you know? really it, it is though because it's like there's a lot of people who just think like you said like oh i'm gonna get this i'm gonna get this manager or i'm gonna get this agent and it's gonna change yeah. everything and it's gonna totally put me in a good position but you really have to understand what is going on with the offer until until you even get to that point like like yeah. like what is this gonna bring me and i guess all of this intro is leading into introducing you so everyone this is ben his stage name is ben bradley so look him up and he's a really cool actor and you know i'd say take it away on this podcast we like to talk a lot about people's background how they got where they are um you know their whole life story so i guess like take it away ben about everything oh, with boy. art and acting <laughs> oh man where to begin uh, well, I'm from the Midwest. I always start with stuff like that because it kind of grounds the people and who I am, I guess. <laughs> um, I was a Midwest kid. I, I've been in L.A. for on and off for over a decade now. And I came out here kind of wanting to be a filmmaker. And and then I got gradually into acting. And that's what I try to do the most now. Um 
and yeah what can i say so gosh what a what a <laughs> what a setup um yeah the 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 background i have is is midwest and i i went to college as an i started off as like a business major if you can imagine that and then wow. just because i thought i thought i don't want to be this but everything is kind of like about yeah. business yeah <laughs> you kind of have to have that for everything so i thought well i'll just start there but I, I, I went around and be, I went to English and I became an art major and then a philosophy major. And I ended up with like a double major in like art and philosophy somehow. And I think I think the reason was because, you know, I was finishing the art major and I had a um, no, no. How'd that work? Oh, I was finishing the philosophy major and I had a minor in art. But then I found out like I wouldn't have to take this really hard course in philosophy if I had a second major. Oh, and I and I thought, oh, I only have to take two more like art classes, and then I'll have another major, or something like that. And so, <laughs> to to get out of work, I did another major. <laughs> I love that. And where did you go to school? I went to like a a pretty small liberal um, liberal arts college in the Midwest in Michigan called Calvin College, and it's an old like, it's very Dutch college. It's like it's like a small university kind of thing. Actually, they changed the name. It's Calvin University now. Um, <laughs> I don't know why they did that. I think it was like a money thing or something. Um, yeah. Probably like some donors or something were like, let's yeah. call it Calvin School or Calvin University or whatever. Was, yeah, I was like, guys, it's not going to work. Anyway, I think Calvin <laughs> College sounded a little better, but who knows. Um, but but they, were, they were academically pretty rigorous. They have like some pretty strong programs. Philosophy program was really strong. The art, art program was cool and yeah so, so my background's like like drawing and painting and stuff like that and then thinking about it a lot <laughs> I love drawing and painting and that's why when we were on set I, I can't tell you guys who are listening what it was because like we're not allowed to say legally when we get booked but um it was a, it was a set that was like really far outside of LA and I told my management um like to be clear I don't have like actual management I just have like background acting management I told them like I don't want to be doing stuff outside of LA because I don't drive because I have ADHD. So I take lifts everywhere. So it's usually really, really cheap because I live in the middle of Hollywood. Um, and I usually can take a lift and it's like $10 to go to set and come back, you know, like $10 each way. Right. So yeah. I find out that the booking is in like, where the fuck was that? Like in the deep middle of Simi Valley. It was like in the middle of nowhere. One and of the then I met Ben on set and I was like already having a kind of bad day because I was like, this is fucking bullshit because I literally just spent $80 on Lyft. Like, thankfully, my coworker took me back, um, which was so nice of her. But it was like crazy because I was like having such bad energy. I was like, fuck no, this. I don't like this. <laughs> oh my god no but then i met you and i was i was trying to keep a good energy and i met you and i saw you were doing like actual drawings in the holding oh my gosh that's and i was like funny. that's so cool and like i really like um to meet cool actors and cool creatives on set and like i could definitely tell that you're like super og like you were just coloring and stuff and doing your drawings and like <laughs> i respect that a lot because you're like taking your free time to like work on your art and oh. and that's when i brought up patreon to you because i was like hey oh, on yeah. my patreon you know, which is Amanda Rome West, you guys feel free to subscribe. I post all the stuff where it's like really valuable, like life updates or really interesting photos and videos or stuff that's more explicit that I can't post to regular social media. And it helps your fans and people just, any artists who want to support other artists or anyone who just loves art, it helps them be able to support you financially and um, like just emotionally support wise. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. You know, and I, and I looked back into that and I started working on that after you told me about that. Cause 
I think you're the second or third person that's told me about Patreon. And it, it is a really smart idea. And I think I'm going to try to. You should, because then you can definitely do commissions and you can definitely do like um, exclusive art or maybe stuff that's like more explicit. You know what I mean? Like, for example, I don't do nudity, pornography, any of that. But it's definitely 18 plus, like, you know, more, more um, suggestive stuff where I don't want my pages to get taken down, like stuff that I would post anyway. So yeah. maybe if you ever did like new drawings or anything, it's like more suggestive, then you can yeah. post that on there. And it's not going to be like, oh, Instagram warning, like this is your last right. warning. Um, and people actually pay because you can like, I don't know if you see my my posts on social media. Um, yeah since since we met but i do like a screenshot of what i posted and put like an emoji over so you can't see it and then be like hey subscribe <laughs> to check out what's underneath this um and it's it's really helpful because people will pay up front to see what i'm doing and my life updates and my covers of music and my creations and my photo shoots and my video shoots and behind the scenes stuff because yeah. you know we deserve to get paid for that as artists and and it's so incredible to have so many fans who respect me so much and who love my work that much that they want to pay to see my stuff. And I have like different tiers. Um, and something important that you should know before you really get started up is you have to go through the back end and press mm. charge when people sign up. Because I learned this through Reddit because my friend was oh. like, oh, you should learn about more Patreon stuff through Reddit. Okay, well, I found out that people weren't fucking getting charged until the first of the month. So if they signed up, let's say June 20th, and then they, they looked through everything and where they were like, okay, I got my work, I got my fill, you know, I'm just going to cancel now. They oh. never got charged. So I missed out on like thousands of dollars when I first started. Oh. So that's why I always tell anyone who's starting, like, you got to go through the back end on your computer. Like, you have to verify it with your ID and with your social security because they have to make sure, like, you're the one getting the money. And then you link it to your um, direct deposit so that you can immediately get your money. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can help you if you I, ever want I, help with I, that. I looked, yeah, I looked into some of that, and I was like, this, you know, it's a funny thing because when the internet first, you know, I was this will date me a little bit, but when when I was in school, like the internet was kind of a new thing, and, and really, I, how old are you? How old are you? We don't judge here. We're well, I say I'm over forty, but oh not my god, much. really, you look way better than that. What the <laughs> well, hell? Thanks. Thanks. You hopefully look like you're 35. Hopefully, that's what my acting coach said. So hopefully that'll. <laughs> yeah, never say your never never say your age because you never know if a casting director is going to listen to this podcast and be no. like, oh, he's this old, can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I use my actual age as like the limit of my what I can play because you know the first interview I had with an agency was like 10 years ago, and I think she cast stuff for well, I won't say what show, but she like looked at my resume and she's like, well, you're. I can't, you're too, I can't cast you for your age and the kids you're up against have like these huge resumes. And I was like, oh, okay. So that was that. Oh but <laughs> I know, right? Like, when like I, I just met older? someone on set yesterday who was like, oh, I had this agent that was like, you're too skinny to be, you're too, or yeah. what'd she say? You're too fat to be the skinny girl, but you're not fat enough to be the friend. And I was like, oh. <laughs> well it's all it's all categories because it's all just like types no, literally you know that that is a good thing to know though is like your type like like they say i mean it's just like the sad truth of like hollywood is that so much casting is based on like cliches and stuff like that so totally even if it's more like inclusive yeah. now it's still like oh the fat friend and then the skinny yeah lead yeah. and then the black gay guy who they right. meet at the bar or like whatever you know it's still that yeah, like you could be the uh, the nice this or the cowboy. That's it. <laughs> like okay, but 
right, straight up, straight up. And we have a question coming in for you. Um, for everyone listening to the podcast right now, I do TikTok slash Instagram live, depending on what I'm feeling that day for the podcast. And right now we're on TikTok live. And this guy named T underscore has a question for Ben. He says, okay, Ben's an actor. When he was first entering the industry, what roles had he been looking for and how has it changed since his time being in? Oh, so wow. I guess that's very relevant to what we're saying now. Yeah, I, I grew, I aged out of those. <laughs> I think the stuff I was looking for was like, were younger parts because it was it was that long ago. And and when I look back, I go, well, I don't even know if I'd be interested in those parts. Was it like I, specific roles, like oh, like high school bully, or like what? What was the or like um, yeah, you know, softball yeah, pitcher? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. There's That's like, a really good question. I really categories. like this question because it it brings me back to like the kinds of movies I was watching at the time. I th I think you know like darker characters appealed to me more, like more like you know punk rock kind of type characters, like like I guess. I'm I'm not saying this because I, I of acting as much as like I, I was into comic books and like things characters were like the crow or something that were dark and like actiony. Those were the things that I thought would be like so awesome to play. Ah, I got you. And I now, totally like, that. now I'm like no, not as interested. Now I'm like really like more like man if if i could be in a coen brothers movie that would just be the shit you know <laughs> right i totally feel that and it, it's really um it's really crazy evolving in our industry so like what type of roles are you looking for now versus then like are you still yeah. looking for the same yeah. roles but the older version of those or what what are you going yeah. for i don't think it's really changed that that much because like there, there there's so, there's so many shows now and there's so many like variations on types so I think, but um, yeah, I, you know, my, my acting coach once told me that my first one, that you should know your type. And somebody else told me once that a good way to do that, this is just off the cuff real quick, is like this guy he knew went, and I think this guy was successful. He, he went and sat in a park and a bench. And then like, like when, when I think he asked people what like their impression of him was like, like what they saw him as like his type or something he had something he did like that and then by doing that over and over again he figured out what his types were and because it can be really hard to know that but anyway but that's it, it can be hard to determine for yourself i totally yeah. i totally um relate to that because you kind right. of do have to ask people directly like what could i go for um i just started classes with leslie khan who's a really great coach and she uh, like i was mentioning to you when we were on set i was like oh i want to get started with her um, so I'm going to be in the comedy intensive this summer and then I'm going to be taking like conservatory stuff because I already did like the intensive. And what she said was like, tell me, you know, when we sign for the class, like, tell me all the types you think you can play. Tell me all the types you get cast to right. play in the past. Tell me what you want to play. Tell me your weight and height and your whole like physical image so we can understand. You know what I mean? Because some yeah. people are so insecure about their actual looks that they don't want to like embrace them to go for it. They're like, oh, I want to be the size zero model or I want to be the the yeah. young mom or I want to be this but it's like but that's not what you are what are you you know what I mean <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. and I like that that she's so legit this acting coach Leslie she's great because I've had a lot of like um not just acting coaches but like improv slash stand-up coaches who are like oh like you're trying to go for this so act like this but it's like but you're already a certain type so you can't be acting like this or pretend to be this you just have to be what you are and then work with that you know right it's it, it, it at the very least it's like a baseline kind of a thing like you have to know what your 
going to be perceived as and you might have something that's your bread and butter kind of thing like right like this is like i am this like now i might be able to build myself up over time or, or maybe i naturally have range you know yeah like i i worked for um a podcast i think i mentioned this to you um that the the chatterer from hellraiser um nicholas vince ran and he is a gay mm. white older man okay. so he he had a lot of trouble landing roles that were straight roles landing roles that were supposed to be a bit younger or even aged up or having roles where he couldn't have his british accent so you know it, it, i mm. working for him for two years after college i learned a lot Mm -hmm. um about acting before even like officially being you know a professional like mostly full-time actor so it, it's crazy to see like okay like they want actual gay people to play gay people versus like okay they want british people to some to play american like margot robbie yeah. you know what i mean like it's it's crazy because sometimes you know they don't want the person to put on accent or they don't want the person to right. put on a uh, you know what i'm saying right I, I think it's it's great to have both because because art you really shouldn't try to impose these sort of strictures and things like it's interesting to have you know the best person for the role or an interesting person for a role or somebody playing something they're not I mean that's what acting is you know you, you should be able to have like we do we do you do see it you know but sometimes people complain like oh we should have that kind of person playing that type of person like you know and it's too, it's so like political really it's really kind of not what art's about you know it's about acting and, and playing and putting on characters and we should have everybody playing their opposite sometimes it's interesting i think but um but yeah but getting back to what you said like um um yeah i think i think i think your roles change as you age like all the time and and hopefully your range is growing at the same time. And I think, I think personally, one of the great ways to look for parts you want to play is to sort of see what, what actors you like that you kind of identify with and think, Oh, they're kind of like me. What kind of roles are they playing? You know, what actors you look up to and, and you know, some actors you look up to are just like, you know, not your type at all. Maybe. But sometimes you really pick them out. You can go, okay, that's that's somebody who's kind of like me. You see them in interviews. You go, that's kind of my how I am a little bit, or or in a way, or something, you know, or how I could be. And you look at the parts they play, and you can ask yourself, well, you know, like one of the actors I used to always look up to was Daniel Day Lewis, which everybody looks up to him, of course. <laughs> right, right. But he was like a tall guy who played really dramatic parts, like. And he was so invested in his roles. And and right. he, he had this bearing that was really powerful for a tall guy. Because tall guys oftentimes, you know, have the sort of reverse Napoleon complex or whatever. Right. I've heard they're, that before. They're okay. just so, excuse me. <laughs> so Totally. I have a friend who's like that. He always plays the yeah. monster in our short films. And he always thinks he's uh -huh. so short. But he's huge. So I feel like that's what people kind of have. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> He's he's a great one. I look up to the Brits a lot. I actually I actually like him so much. I I tried to take classes overseas. I took some classes in the the place that he took. He went to school at Bristol Old Vic Theatre School in in um Bristol, England. Wow. So, so I went and took like summer classes there because so I was like, I have to go find out what the secrets. You know. <laughs> That's awesome though. But like, it's so cool that you've done so many different mediums of art and like. Where are you from originally? 
I'm 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 Midwest. I'm like upper upper Midwest. Like I grew up um, three hours from Chicago in Illinois, and then we moved back to Michigan, and I was another three hours from Chicago in Michigan. Oh wow, Grand, Grand Rapids, like so. Yeah, it was very Midwestern. <laughs> but I feel like that's really good because, like, I'm from I myself am from um, right near Washington D.C., Bethesda, Maryland. Oh, that's and- right. You know, it's, it's really cool to be from places that are not from L.A. Because, like, people always think D.C. is, like, a big city or whatever. And I guess, like, in a sense it is, but not really. Like, no yeah. one there is in the arts. No one there is, like, an entertainer. No one there's a musician. And if they are, they, like, become a musician or actor, entertainer, whatever. Then they move out. You know what I mean? Like, right. there's not really a bustling art scene there. So it's really cool to be moving here from somewhere where, like, they don't really respect artists or art, art isn't really seen as, like, a full-time job. And then yeah. moving here and, like, do and pursuing that full-time is really cool. Totally. Yeah. The perception's so different here. And, and it, yeah. it's a weird thing to square with, with the, your friends at home. I think we might've talked about that a little bit. It, it's very like when I went home for a while, my friends were just kind of, some of them, you know, were kind of like, what are you doing? Or what do you think you're doing? Kind of. <laughs> like, yeah. And you're there. like, I'm old enough to take care of myself, fam. Yeah. Like, I'm doing my thing, yeah. you know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> right. Straight up. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing, but you know, I, I read an interview with like Jack White, I think, from the White Stripes, and he left. I love Detroit. Jack White. Yeah, he he um he's ama- amazingly talented musician. He left Detroit, you know, and one of the reasons he said was that you know when you're successful in a place like kind of Rust Belt, you you don't there's not a lot of people who have that success. It's just not something people are used to. It's not part of their landscape. So he had a hard time with it. Like friends couldn't get used to it. And, you know, he said, if you grow up in a place like New York or LA, you know, everybody has a friend's dad or whoever is an actor or success or some kind of artist who's, you know, doing that as a living. And that's, yeah, they're like, so they also can like help you. Like I know so many people I went to USC with, I also went to um, the business program at USC. So so I can totally relate to you. Um, I did business cinematic arts or BCA for short which is a really competitive program for people wanting to be entertainers, producers, you know, agents, writers, directors, all of that stuff. But like, you know, understand how to make money from it. And when I did that program, I met so many kids who like their dad was the president of Paramount or their mom was like (laughs) a huge CAA agent or whatever. Um, And, you know, they got all these opportunities and internships every year, like, they were literally just fucking handed them. And I was someone who did internships every single semester and did really hard work and did crazy jobs Mm. as PA and intern and all these things. But Uh I had to find them myself and, you know, I didn't have any connections and I feel like that's more impressive and that's more, um, that's more relatable for people. Like once I'm really famous, you know, people are going to have, and same with you, once you're really famous, people are going to have that reaction. Like, (laughs) Oh, like really came from like middle of nowhere. Like, even if it is a city, you know what I mean? It's just like, Compared to LA or New York, it's like, okay, like you literally so had to be different. on the come up on your own. Like, no it one really was helping you. You're, you're so right. Sorry to interrupt you. You're, I can't. No, you're totally good. Yeah. Please, <laughs> please go ahead. It's so true. It, it is such, and I think the art world is just as nepotistic as, as anything else. And it maybe is even worse now. I, I mean, even when I was in college, I was like, how do you break in without being in the family? Which, I mean, there's not, and there's nothing like, I don't really look down on that anymore. No, there's nothing like wrong with that. Like I always thought if I was one of these kids, I would do that too. You know, it's just like, damn, like, yeah, it's like, Hey, it's the family business. Like we're, we figured out a way to make some money. Why not keep doing it? There's nothing like shameful about that. It happens in every business. 
but exactly. like, it, it is hard to like it is harder to break in especially in a, into entertainment so i think you're right it, it's kind of legitimate you know the first the first class i took was with cliff osmond who was like an old time guy and he's gone now but he was in billy wilder movies oh okay and, and when I first was introducing myself to him, he asked what I did. And I was working as a sound guy. And I was in IATSE already at the time. Oh, dope. I never knew you did sound. Damn. At a, yeah, back in the day. <laughs> and he was like, and his first question was like, he said, he said, oh, you, do you have family in the business then? You Or you must have family in the business. And I was so like, I was so thrown. I, and it was a really nice way of saying he was kind of like giving me a compliment and I, and he was that kind He's of kind of being like you're killing it like you must yeah. have some sort of he was that sharp he, he would like give you a compliment in a weird way like that he, he was like so you must have family in business i was like nope and he was like wow <laughs> and i and, but it made me realize too that it's like it's hard to break in even to like doing that kind of work in right in it's it can be really really hard and and hard to hang on to and especially and that's the crazy thing about this business too is the job security is just for shit, you know. You can Yeah, which is why you also have to have other gigs going on, like which exactly. is why I'm also a social media manager, also a rapper, also a podcaster, yeah. also a producer, <laughs> you know, all the stuff I do on and on. I do all that shit because yeah. it's stuff I love, first of all, but also like, you know, acting isn't reliable and acting's a really cool job to have, but it's like you can't hundred percent rely on that. And my boyfriend Jordan, you know, he learned that the hard way. Like he's a SAG after actor, but he <laughs> has to do like he does like um work from home tech job he does he sells pokemon cards vintage stuff like you know he does um he does like jobs here and there with that type of stuff and it's like really really unreliable to be in this industry and it's it's hard to watch because like even the biggest actors you know until you're like sydney sweeney from euphoria or whatever the fuck it's like you don't know if this is gonna be oh yeah you don't know if this is going to be legit, you know? You don't know if, if you could live off of this. You won't know until it's time, you know? Yeah, I, you're so right. It's it's really hard. And, and I think that kind of explains a little bit. Like, I used to kind of go roll my eyes at another actor starting another business or something. But I think it's just part of your – it's in your system by that time a little bit to be like, I got to do something else. Who knows if this is when this is going to fall apart, you know? Cause, right, which is so <laughs> true because it's like, who knows, like – you could yeah. be, you know, they could be wanting this look this year and then next year you have nothing. Right, right, right. Like when Brian, I think Brian Cranston, I saw had some whiskey thing and I was going to, I was about to roll my eyes, but then I was like, you know what? That guy's worked his ass off for so long. He probably has so many side gigs and all, who knows, you know, and of course he's going to like keep starting things. Like it's just part yeah, of his Yeah, of course he's going to start a right cannabis now. company or a clothing <laughs> yeah. line or whatever it is. Exactly. That you have you, it's like you gotta keep hustling it's like it's- yeah which which takes me back to patreon because you know when i need when i need to more money i just do i just go overtime on patreon and i'm just like nice. hey like exclusive life updates here hey like you know bikini pics and whatnot um stuff <laughs> that i want to post anyways you know and it's like hey if i could be making money off of this and people want to support me and people want to um you know be there for me that's that's incredible and you know people wouldn't pay if they didn't want to see it you know what i mean yeah and yeah. the same goes for your art. You know, it's like, hey, I'm doing custom portraits this week. Like, you know, $50 a portrait and, and, and you know, I'll have a two day turnaround. Like, let me know and then do my request and whatnot. Like, you really got to put yourself out there these days, especially in the 2020s. Like, we're in this crazy world where everything's so fucking inflated for the price of anything. It's just insane. Yeah. Literally to buy it. a pack of gum and toilet paper the other day at Ralph's was like $40. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? What? 
Oh my god. Which is why well, I also go to Costco a lot in Trader Joe's, but that's a separate story. But um, uh, you know, it's it's crazy the prices out here, and especially in LA and where we live, and like this economy, it's just crazy. I mean, I don't I don't mean to sound like a complainer or something. Like I love my life. Like we're so right. blessed to be living this life, right? But it's just like a crazy world that we live in. It's it's insane. Yeah, it's 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 extremely overpriced. We're all being extorted. It's nuts. I mean, it it's you know it'd be so much easier to be an artist in Detroit, but you know you wouldn't have the opportunities necessarily. So it's kind of this weird trade off. Like, should I be here? Shouldn't I be here? Uh, you know, you got no totally. But like, I feel like at the end of the day, I'm always like, oh, like I wish I was with my family. Like my family's gonna be gone one day, and I need to, like spend all the time I can with yeah. them. But it's like it's different if you can go visit them. Like that's totally different. And like, yeah, if you can go visit them like a few times a year, you know, and you're doing your thing like that's all that really matters i think you're right it's it's so important it gets because it's like important. you know we always go back and forth as artists like oh my gosh i miss my family like i wish i could be living that normal life and be living with them and like whatever yeah but it's like we we have to, we ultimately have to be out here this is where all of our opportunities are like realistically speaking yeah it's true it and you know i i was looking back because I, I knew i was going to do this today i was looking back at my life a little bit last night which i never do and i was like i love it <laughs> i was like what did i do in this year and that year and i was like my god i started writing things down finally i went through my emails by year just to see like what happened that year <laughs> right and i and what i did was i started writing down people's names and i just had like the year and then a bunch of names and i was like wow these are people like i worked with like a lot during that year and i haven't talked to them in forever and like and things went on and but that that's that was kind of interesting to me that like that's what i remember is like is like the people and th that i worked with kind of like put everything into focus like oh that's what i did that year i was hanging out with that person on that set and running around trying <laughs> do theater somewhere and i was in maryland doing theater at one point maryland where in maryland i was in i was in like a tiny little theater in laurel maryland oh my god like the middle of nowhere yeah That's crazy yeah it was like halfway to baltimore from dc and it was a terror it was like a tiny little play we did like a production of and it was fun <laughs> i mean sometimes those are the most fun things like what was least expected you know sometimes that's the best yeah yeah, that was a fun little place. That was, oh, that was good. That was a good time. You know, I was listening to an interview with Pamela Alden. Adlin? Adlin. Pamela Adlin. Yeah, Adlin. from Better Things. Yeah, she was on NPR a few days ago, and she was talking about how, like, her kids, like, didn't want anything to do with her for so many years. And then, like, as they got older, now they want to see her all the time. It's just, like, everything flipped. And... I thought, oh, that's so true. That's so interesting. It's so weird how that happens. <laughs> like suddenly your priorities are like, oh my God, mortality. What the fuck? <laughs> right. And I feel like we don't have that enough in this industry because we're always like, next yeah. thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. And we're always on to the next thing. And yeah. it's like so crazy because we have our families and our lives and our health, but like that is never factored into the situation when we're working. It's always just like, okay, what's the call time? Okay, what's my role? Right. What's my lines? Like, let me not fucking forget my lines. Um, you know, I just started a movie, actually, a short film I last weekend in Mammoth. <laughs> yeah. And it was so awesome because, you know, this character was so incredibly complex and crazy. 
And it was, it really took it out of me. You know, I actually got like a full body rash, like hives. Oh my God. And I was like, couldn't sleep. Like I get really method when I act, you know, and like, it really shows you like, damn, like this is the type of time actors take out of their lives to provide entertainment for others in the world. And like, you know, you know, we need to have more street creds for that, for actors, because, you know, us on the inside, Ben, we know what's going on because we're inside the industry. Right. But, like, other people don't realize, like, the shit that actors dedicate out of their whole fucking life to yeah. doing this role. It, you know, it, it, it is really, I, I know because my perspective on that went 180. Like, I, I really, like, I was, first of all, I kind of looked down on the entertainment industry a lot. And I, 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 I still have my, like, critique of things. But, but that's. Right, we all do, right? Exactly. Yeah. But, like my perspective on actors changed 180 degrees after I took an acting class, like after working in film, my perspective on, on film, like what its value is kind of changed. You know, I really didn't think much of actors actually when I first moved out here. I mean, I did like good ones. Like I, I I was already a fan of Daniel Day Lewis and stuff, but I kind of thought, it was just one of those dumb things that anybody could do. I mean, I was like, that- oh, you want to be an actor? You want to play pretend? Yeah. That's so like stupid. Yeah. Like, okay, enjoy your life, whatever. Have yeah, a like, job. Like anybody can fake it and like, you know, go around saying stuff. That's like, it was, it's, it's really amazing how stupid I, I shouldn't say that about myself, but I was really stupid. Don't say that about yourself. <laughs> I well, I just, I think there was some, some kind of vanity or some kind of thing involved where, you know, you just, you look at a thing and you just don't want to accept that, or you just don't see the work behind it, I guess. And, and after I took. Or you don't want to see the work behind it almost. Like, that's how I felt about musicians before I became a rapper. Like, anyone could just pull up to the studio and fucking record a song that someone else probably wants <laughs> yeah. them anyway. Which <laughs> yeah. is sometimes the case, which is sometimes the case, sometimes. right? But you can't yeah. do that. You can't, like give like a, a an ultimatum to everything and be like oh like everyone right. who's a entertainer is like just you know a, a fraud and all this stuff like that like we like to think when you know right. when we're trying to do what we want to do and we haven't made it yet because it makes you feel better right 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 the, yeah it's a weird thing because sometimes there's some truth to it like there, there's some pretty like um there's there's some acting that's like farce i want to i think of right away is is not it doesn't require the same kind of emotional investment and all this kind of stuff, but just sitting down and doing a scene, like you realize so quickly, like, Oh my God, this isn't what I thought it was. <laughs> like, I look like totally different than what I thought I'd be like and all this, you know, and, and it, it's such a quick realization that it kind of like, for me, it turned things upside down. I, you know, I took, yeah, you're kind of like taken aback right away. Like, Holy shit. That yeah. actually is a lot of work. Yeah. And, and you have respect for like for it as a craft in a totally different way. And I think it's like like anything else that you try to do well, like you you're like like I started off as a, a tennis player years ago. And like your perspective on on what good is. It gets more refined, the better you get like you really don't realize how bad you are not great you are whatever you want to say you know into however you want to say it (laughs) yeah the the better you get the more you realize like how well the best people play and you can see like all the little things like you know you 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 can look at Federer playing tennis on the screen and go yeah yeah tennis sure yeah I, I could do that version of that maybe not that great but pretty close and then you go out there and you're 
you're like, what? <laughs> and and you hit the ball pretty hard three times maybe, and then 20 go in the net. But you think in your head, you know, I'm I'm pretty good. <laughs> or you can, you know, it's it's a, a thing. But as you get better, you you go, my gosh. But it's it's important. It's kind of like having a being a slightly delusional about about things and like and i think part of the delusion is like hope in a way like you know yeah like we're just hoping like and also yeah. i think like to go back to what you were saying earlier you know a lot of us like we kind of like to be like oh like you know doja cat or whatever brad pitt or you know whoever the, the famous musicians and actors at the time oh it's so easy i could just do that just put on a fucking wig and yeah act black and whatever you know people think that you could just do that but that's not that's not even the case. Like the, the stuff that people have to do to put into that, to even get to that point is insane. And like, even right. if they have huge labels behind them or huge management or agency behind them, like it took them a lot to get to that level. And I feel like a lot of us just write off artists because it's just easier being like, Oh, well they just do play pretend as their job. Like, like da, da, yeah. da, cause you don't want to be jealous and you don't want to stay up at night thinking, is that my dream? Could I have done that if I did this or that? Like, and it's never too late. You totally can, um, True. you know, do whatever you want at any time in life. But it's like there's so many people who are just so afraid to go after it that they'd rather write it off. And I find people doing that to me a lot. Like, oh, you think you're so great, huh? It's like, yeah, I fucking do because it's my life. You know what I mean? I'm not like going around telling other people what to do. I live my life the way I want to live it. And like that makes people mad. And it's always going to make people mad if you're living your best life and other people can't live that way. Yeah, yeah. It, there's there's totally different ways of, of saying that thing. Like anyone could do that. And I think one one of the good way is like you sense some inner possibility in yourself, like, and and there's a desire to do it, like, and and you do kind of understand that you have that potential in you, so you want to do it. But then the, there's like you say, there's the the, the other way, <laughs> they can get mixed together, kind of. But is the kind of cynical, like, like if anybody can do it, it's just kind of like denigrates it to your yeah like oh well anyone can do it so like you know yeah it's not really valuable and i feel like a lot of people have that reaction to you know anything in life and i think it's really cool that you're sag and that you have representation and that you went after it because a lot of people aren't willing to do that like you know someone who's like me non-union right you could have a really really depressed view which i've seen with a lot of people who i've met on set which is like oh well i'm non-union i'm not that great no one's ever approached me to do a union job you know I am no better than anyone else and I'm just, you know, a fucking worker bee in this production and no one gives a shit about me. And like, that's one way to think. Or you could think like, hey, should I ask the AD if they have any SAG no shows? Hey, should I just start like reaching out to agencies to get representation? Hey, should I make my own film and make myself SAG? Like no one thinks like that really because they just are so trained and it's so ingrained yeah. in them, especially in America. Like, oh, like you are at the bottom until you're told you're at the top. So just like stay there. Wow. Yeah. That that's 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 a nice thing to touch on because that's really true. We don't we don't, we forget that like the things that we think of as a disadvantage can really be an advantage if we want them to be sometimes. <laughs> like, you know, you can go make an independent film that's and you don't have to do the sag things. You can be in these little non non sag things is is you can build up a big reel maybe if you can figure that out you know and that, that's an advantage that can potentially go away when you become sag you know so being being not in this sort of like at this level or this tier or something is not necessarily like um that can be really a good thing because it gives you a, a different kind of freedom 
that you know you're not going to have when you move up if you move up you know or you, you you decide to become a member of the the union you know so these things can be worked to to your advantage and i i don't know i it used to be a bigger deal i think it made it a lot easier to make sag short films and stuff like that now so maybe that's not as much of a of a thing but but you know, once you join, you also have to pay dues. <laughs> yeah, I heard it's only like one fifty every six months. Yeah, it, um, you, pay, you pay twice a year, but then if you if you make a bunch of money, you have to pay um, a, a percentage of of what you made. Oh, them. and that's why people like Tom Cruise aren't in the aren't in SAG and stuff. Right. That that's part of it. Yeah, and these they get a lot of benefits still. I think. <laughs> right. Right. And and that's so true. And it's like. It's crazy because I'm right now trying to be must join through this uh, feature we're about to do. And it's starring three other actors that are SAG and they wrote this role for me because it's like, you know, my boyfriend is my co-producer on this. So it's going to be very, um, you know, good for me because I'm producing so I can like figure it out. But it's like, you know, I still got to pay the three and a half K to join SAG and I still got to figure out all the paperwork. But I'm going to yeah. make it happen because, you know, so far the way I've been trying to get side cards isn't working because literally it's like I have like two already so I can join. But it's like straight up crazy because now that all the sets are like online vouchers, it's like they literally can't go in and override it. So like they've had me do union oh. rate stuff before, but then they're like, oh, we can't give you a card because oh my you're doing stand in or this. We, we're all on fuck online. And it's like fucking impossible to add, you know, no union way. to it. And it's like so messed up. It's like they're totally trying to like sidestep me. <sighs> See, that's wrong. <laughs> so wrong. And we could go on for hours about all the wrong shit in this industry, but yeah. 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 There's, uh, you got to be on your toes and be careful and all these things. Oh my gosh. Right. Which, which is crazy. And how did you get your representation, your agent and manager? How did you get in that position? I, gosh, I was, I still don't know what's going to happen with that. He's such a cool guy. I, I, um, I had an agent. I had a friend who had an agent and he got me his agent and then he got me a few things and then that wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't really much happening. So I started looking around and I thought I just tried some things I hadn't tried before. And so I tried a few, um, I, I did the IMDB thing. I had, the, there's, there's a reverse engineering kind of way of, of trying to find an agent, which is, you, you look at actors you like that you think you're kind of like or, or you think are good who have small parts on shows or shows you maybe want to be in, things like that. And then you go look them up on IMDb and see who represents them and see if, if it's a kind of boutique size agency or manager or whatever. And you kind of can compile a list that way. Um, so I did a little bit of that and, and I also did, I, I did one of these things I found on like, I think Instagram called agent blasters and it was like 80 bucks. And, and this guy had compiled this list of, of agents. I don't, I don't know how he curated his lists, you know, but he had like, he had like a hundred something. And I was like, well, I'll go through some of these. And so I did that and I heard back from a few and a few were kind of like form letters and some were personal emails and, and one of those worked out. So I talked to him, we had a phone interview and he, I, I liked, I liked how he spoke to me. I, I liked talking to him and uh, he seemed like the real deal, like a, a cool guy. And he was kind of starting out on his own, which is, 
I felt like I was kind of in that, in that place too, like, um, at a, at a, at a new start kind of moment in life or something. So I thought, well, this maybe will work. This is a cool thing. So, yeah. So agent blasters was, I think, I think his email came through that one or it was one of the ones I pulled myself. Somehow. Oh, agent blasters. Yeah. I've been using, yeah. um, actors access talent link and I've gotten connected to a few people. Oh, yeah. they, they were kind of sketchy. So I'm just going to renew and see who else is. There's so many. If you can find, if you can find somebody who has an agent, I, I mean, I guess that's the best way. It's the catch 22 thing in this town. That is like for everything. It just seems like it's like, like, how do you get into SAG? Well, you, you get SAG parts. Well, how do you get SAG parts? Well, you're in SAG already. It's like, well, okay. So what's the workaround? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Everything. And is agent Blaster's worth checking out? I think so. It was $80 and I, I do have an agent and the guy was really nice and who, who set me up with it. And I, and I was totally pessimistic about it. Like, I was just like, I need to try things I haven't tried before. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll try this thing. It's 80 bucks. And I was just like, well, I'll just send them out. And, you know, there's another thing, you know, because I've done this kind of thing so many times. And um, so I was like, well, what's it matter if it doesn't work? At least I'm trying something. I got to keep trying things. And yeah, and then I heard back from a few and I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> right. And then and then one was like, I had a couple that were really cool. And then this guy, uh, I talked to him and he was, yeah, so now I have an agent. Well, I definitely have to check out Agent Blosters. Definitely send me their site because I've never checked it I out. I think I, I think I should apply. There's um, a few. And, and somebody had told me about them too, I think. So, yeah, I'll send you a link. I'll send you a link. Awesome. Gotcha. Dope. And, yeah. you know, it's so cool to interview you. Like, as we wrap up, it's like, what, what, what would your advice be to all of the... Mm. All of the <laughs> listeners out there, because, you know, there are so many people listening who probably aren't actors or aren't artists even. And what can yeah. apply to them? Like, what can apply to everybody, you know? Yeah, I, th I think, like, I, I don't think everybody is an artist. I, I, I think everybody has art and poetry in them, you know. I, I think some people dedicate their lives to sort of excavating that kind of stuff. And that's what kind of makes them an artist. But. I think, you know, it's tough in this, this sort of super capitalist culture of ours to, to keep trying to appreciate the work that people do um, to, to make art. And there's some really hardworking people out there that don't really necessarily get paid a lot for it right away anyway or ever. So it's good to keep trying to support that kind of thing, even if you are an artist, to try to or a musician or something, you know, artistic to, to keep trying to support people because the the people around you are really your best resources. And we kind of tend to culturally think of ourselves as stepping stones a little too much, I think. You know, like this is this person is just something that maybe can help me get somewhere. And I mean there's some truth to that, but it's it's good to think of them as more than that too, because you know your your sort of fellow artists are your are your um are your best resources through life you know you help each other the most if you're not if and if you're not working on your own creative thing as much as you can on the side and resting too of course then and, and you're kind right, of waiting you need to rest yeah <laughs> gotta 
that's one I have to remind myself of because uh, <laughs> I don't know how to rest anymore. Um, Me either. And I like, try to rest. I try to take like at least one or two days out of the week to rest, but it's it's to, so yeah. insane. It's so um, it's so hard for for us artists to rest sometimes. Yeah, you, well, you get so caught up in in doing the next thing, and then you're just like, "Am I allowed to sit down?" Like, and you don't even realize it. you're like sitting down. You're like, "I'm being so lazy." That's what you're doing, and then you go, well, "No, I I need to sit down." <laughs> but I was gonna say, I was gonna say, uh, um. Um, oh, I forgot some something about. Um, yeah, it it's such a um, if you're not if you can to keep working on your own things to keep yourself inspired. If you if you think you have to go through this certain pattern to get somewhere, it's really a trap. Like I, I spent a year almost once trying to audition online and do all these things the right way and. You know, it just it didn't it, never, it didn't amount to anything. It was just a total waste of time. And um, what do you mean I, by that? Trying to do things the right way. Well, I I think we're we hear we're we're there's so many voices coming at you so fast all the time. Like, hey, you know, do this, do this, try that. Here's twenty dollars. Here, you got to sign up on this website. There, you got to go to these workshops. You got to do this. You got to get into SAG. You got to you know get an agent, get a manager. You got to do this, this, this. You got to get then, a great reel. You got to get new headshots yeah. every year. You got to, you got to, yo, you can't just get new headshots every year. You got to go the best right. of the best. What's going to be exactly. 1500 minimum. And yeah. then you got to, yeah, like you said, gotta like every, everything being thrown at you at once. And it's very overwhelming and depressing. It's crazy. And and you can't possibly answer all these voices for one thing. And furthermore, if you look at people who have done well, I, I don't think a lot of them spent their time just thinking about that. A lot of people, who I look up to as artists were just so enthusiastic about something they were doing. Like I, I always use this example, but it's such a perfect example. Like, like I, I have a lot of heroes in the independent world, so to speak, but I always think of this one Andy Samberg example, because <laughs> it, this is the story I know, and, and maybe I'm wrong somehow, but I think he was just messing around with friends, making stupid, funny videos online. And there, he did this thing on YouTube called the boo it was like apostrophe bu and it was like a it was like a lampoon of like like uh 90210 type shows and it was so dumb but it was so funny and it was so different and he was just having fun and i i'm sure he has some you know help along the way we, we all do we have right, to admit. right but 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 the fact that he was just having so much fun and doing this fun thing is what got him noticed and got him on SNL and all these things happened in his career. And so it wasn't like he was sitting around going like, how do I get him to sag or how do I not to say that's bad <laughs> because these are important practical things that, you know, are going to come along, but they're going to come along on their own too. So if you're, if you're just having fun and being creative and just doing stuff like there are good people that are going to notice it and, and maybe want you to do something else and, and make them some money too <laughs> or whatever. Right. So, so that's okay. You know, and, uh, and that's okay. And, you know, we have to, we have to embrace that. And I think it's so cool as artists that we can support each other. And I would definitely want to hang out with you sometime soon and like, awesome. you know, do, do something chill. And I think my boyfriend would like you a lot. Cause he's also a sad after actor. And, you know, it's crazy yeah. because, 
you know, as artists, we really do have to support each other. Like, it's easy just to say, like, oh, yeah, we should support each other. We should support each other, you know, just, like, bullshitting it. But, like, I actually mean that because, like, the more artists support each other, you know, you never know who you're going to need, um, you know, to star yeah. in a project. And let's say I thought of you, I was like, oh, Ben would be great for that. And then it just came along that way. And it just it worked out. You know what I mean? Right, it's like right. we've already vibed. So so you are yeah. going to get on board and do it. And it's already right. in the works. And, you know, you never know what you can get from just being kind to someone and just working with someone and, you know, hustling alongside them and helping them get opportunities. And I know, you know, I'll be I'll be on the lookout for you for opportunities. And I know you'll be on the lookout for me and I know you'll send stuff my way. And you're not like fake as fuck like some of these people. are. <laughs> you're just straight up like I mean, people no, on just... set who are like, you're just wasting your time being an actor like you're just doing this for the hundred twenty dollar paycheck. It's like, why would I be doing that? Like, my goal is to hustle and get side cards and like get experience, be on set like. I love That's acting. So you know, I'm on my way up, and it's, it's like so I, I'm cynical. sorry you're so bitter about how how much your life sucks, yeah. but it's not your fucking problem. I no, never don't listen to that. You know, you're, I never you're do. In, you know, I don't. In, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you're you're in an environment that is like, I mean, who ca- you could be working in a coffee shop and learning a lot, but you're on a film set, you're around people, you're like you're closer to to what happens. You're like you're familiar with the process. You can watch everything happen. You might not be getting paid a lot, but like the experience points you're getting are are like, you know, immeasurably valuable. Exactly. And I'm always hustling to get more screen time and to do more stuff. And like when you're on set and like you're in that position where like you could just be sitting and holding or you could like be taking initiative like that really represents like your life. Right. Like anyone could just be like, oh, I want to be a great actor. So I'm going to go to set, but I'm just going to like lurk in the back and not try at all. Or like, Oh, I'm going to like be that obnoxious person who's like up in the camera, taking up every single shot. Like you got to fall somewhere in between both of those. You can't be obnoxious, but you also can't be like slacking off. Like it's up to you to run your own career. Right. You got to kind of read the room and you learn what you can from the situation and then be able to take opportunities if they come at you and, and if you're somebody who's good at putting yourself out there for things like that, that's another thing. Everybody has their own hustle. I heard Robert Downey Jr. say once, and I was like, "Well, that's the, that's actually really like something we need to remember, right? <laughs> because everybody's got a different kind of personality and, and a way of doing things and a way of like putting themselves out there too. Like, some people are going to be like, you know, very different, and some people are really comfortable being really gregarious or something, and and this and that and you know i heard about bob dylan once that he was really good at finding the person in the room who had the most like who who could kind of help him the most and i was i never thought i never would have thought of that of bob dylan that way (laughs) because like he's like my like one of my biggest heroes but he was like savvy he like had he had a knack for like knowing what to look out for and that was part of his hustle you know, we all have these little, little things, these little attributes, you know, maybe we're good at seeing who the other great artist in the room is or something or whatever. And we can kind of pick up on that. And then, you know, that's your little angle. You got to, you know, be able to, to um, use that. And if, and I think what you did with your friends of this film thing is really great. Cause that is, that's the same thing. That's people helping each other, artists helping each other. Even if it's and just that's what we need to do because friends. we are all helping each other. And I'm trying not to be put in a position where it's like, oh, I'm working people day and night and then they're not getting paid. And I'm profiting off of them. I'd rather be in a position where we are all benefiting off of each other 
and I'm not yeah. just the one benefiting because I've been in that position before where people want to like intern for me or people want to do stuff for me because you know I'm Amanda Rowe West and I'm the social media personality and this rapper and all this stuff but like, the yeah. acting world is so different because everything we do helps each other yeah yeah it is very it's a collective it's a weird art form that way because it's so contingent on groups of people working well together and I used to tell this to people years ago, actor friends and stuff. Hey, we're our best resource. We need to help each other. We need to go make scenes together. We can do that. You know, I told some, I don't know. I think it, I think I generated this. I had a friend from an acting class. I said, let's go film in a garage, in a parking garage or wherever and do a scene. And we got a camera and I had some sound gear and we did a pretty decent scene. It looked like pretty legitimate and we spent maybe five hours in a parking garage with a couple of kinos and a, and a tripod and some stuff and you know it was a pretty quiet space we knew and we knew what we wanted to do and we had our lines down and and we both had things for a reel that way and it was five hours of a saturday you know and then i said hey you guys you know what you should do is get rent one of these places that's like a thousand bucks and everybody throws in you know, a hundred dollars and we go rent this place out or whatever and do like 10 scenes in one day. And then I, and I didn't talk to them for a while. And then that, they did that. They set it all up and got like 20 actors, 10 scenes. And, and there's a place on Lincoln and Burbank you can rent out and they have different sets and all the lights are there. You just got to bring a camera and a sound guy. So, so all these people kind of help each other that way. They all got a little scene for the reel. They all chipped in a hundred bucks to rent the place, but you could, you could do scenes that happen in, in somewhere more even free space, like a car or whatever. So there's so many things you can do when you just get a little creative and you, and you don't think you have to have, a you know panavision camera you can get if you have really good acting and you got your iphone and you hold it far enough away so it's not looking fisheye or whatever lensy no no literally though i fully agree it's like as long as you can get your shit together and like make yeah. something dope that's what's important you can't yeah. you can't constantly be giving excuses for yourself of why you're not famous yet why you haven't done this yet why you're not this yet why you're not that yet because that's what everyone's always going to be like and you just can't fucking care you just have to keep going for it yeah yeah, and so, a lot of people really, really, really don't get that because they're like, oh, well, that's too much work to go in on this place. And like, that's maybe what you thought at first. And then you see they did. And you're like, oh, shit, I could have been a part of that. I could have done that. Um, but we're all like kind of right. The same thing going back to like, well, anyone can do that. So so yeah. might as well not even try. Right. Or, or, you know, oh, I can't do that because of this and that. Like giving yourself reasons to, uh, you know, giving yourself outs. Right. You can't. And and I and I get that it's it's so hard. And if, for me, it's hard. Like you know, just to get up and some days you just go, well, it, it, okay. A girl on a, on a, on, I think I was working at general hospitals. She said, this industry is notoriously unresponsive. And, and that, and that's really true. Like you can be doing all kinds of stuff and just get no feedback and no nothing. And it's like, kind of like doing intellectual work. Yeah. Never hearing back, hearing back at all about anything. Yeah, They're not going to tell you, Hey Ben, you didn't get this role. They're just going <laughs> to never respond to you ever again. Or a nice job on that cool little YouTube clip you spent five hours on. Like, nobody cares. But literally, you, you got to like, I think what you, you got to do is just you kind of got to get used to that. And just like it gives you sort of confidence and just that you're doing something at all is really important. And if there was someone else that could do it, it would be them, not you. You're, you're the only one who can do what you can do. And even if you get up in the day and just do one drawing 
or 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 hold the camera in front of your face and go blah 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 if you can just do that because i i know how like <laughs> you can get kind of down in this town for 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 like oh nobody's listening to me or wants me or whatever or no one cares yeah yeah if if you can just put put your phone in front of your face and do one little monologue or, or read a book and on tape or something just do something for five minutes even just having done that will give you a boost for, for more later or, or the next time. Totally. That's really good advice. Like even, not even in, just in this industry, just kind of like keeping yourself motivated and like all, all yeah. um, you know, across the board, because that's so important. And like, you know, I'm so lucky that I get to work with such incredible people. Something crazy that happened on our short film was, you know, we all drove up to Mammoth separately because um, one person was coming from San Diego, the other person was coming from shoot, you know, and so on and so forth. And we all get there and my DP has his car window smashed. And I was like, what the uh, fuck? You drove all the way up here with no window? He was like, yeah. No. So last night I was at this bar in the Arts District and I was out to dinner with my friend. And I get back to the car and my window smashed and my black magic is gone. Like he had his camera underneath his jacket because he was coming oh. from a shoot, you know, which is a hard lesson to learn. Like, okay, like, don't leave your camera in your car or don't leave anything valuable in your car. Right. But like he could have taken it two ways. Right. He could have been like, yeah. fuck it. I just got my camera stolen. I'm going to tell these guys I can't make it up there. Like it's unreasonable. Or you could take the approach, which is what he did, which was like, okay, fuck, what am I going to do for a few minutes? And then be like, okay, like, I, my friend has the same camera. I can I can rent it from him, and I can go up there and shoot this and get the day rate and get, get my shit done, you know what I mean? And that's how my director yeah. took it, my DP took it. Um, because you could take it one of two ways, you know, you could take the negative or positive in life. And like, everything's a lesson. Like, either way, he learned his lesson, you know? But, like, he was OG because he fucking came up there and filmed it, even though his camera was stolen. And, like, I don't know how many people you know, can do that or can, can say that for themselves. Like, okay, I literally made this happen for myself and yeah. I didn't let anything stop me. Yeah. Yeah. My mom used to say, roll, roll with the punches. You got right. Keep, keep and going. I was so impressed with him for that because like, that is really fucked up and scary, but like, you can't let like obstacles get in your way. No, you can't, you can't let it get you down. And, and sometimes even the it'll be a blessing in disguise like i i mean this is this is tangential a little bit but i had a bunch of audio gear stolen because i came home from a set once and i was really tired and i I had to get the case out of the car before i parked it because it was a narrow spot and i just left it in the driveway and i had like a rented you know thousand dollar microphone and all this stuff you know and it just was gone the next morning and i fuck uh, yeah, I was so panicked. I was like looking under the bed for something that wouldn't fit under the bed. I looked in the shower. Like, why am I looking in the shower? This doesn't make sense. You know? right, right. But you're so freaked out. But then, you know. You're so stressed from it. From from my my realization was like I suddenly felt this sense of relief because I wanted to get not do audio anymore. I wanted to do acting. And Maybe that I, was your sign. Yeah, and I was almost like, God, did I do that subconsciously? Like, did I subconsciously leave that? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. But I I do know that, like, even though I had to pay off that gear that was stolen, I kind of felt like this is severing me more from, from something that was trying to, like... Because if you do a job in this, now this is another thing that they don't tell you, is, like, if you start doing something, you find a niche, like, thing, then everybody thinks of you as that thing in their mental rolodex you know they don't people don't like to think of you as two things 
Right, you're I, either a rapper I, I, or an actor, or you're a yeah. sound guy or an artist, or you're, yeah. uh, you know, it's like people need to yeah. categorize your, um, you know, yeah. you in their mental Rolodex, like you're saying. Yeah, and and it's an it's it's a category way of thinking, and it's like an office person way of thinking or whatever. It's it's really bad. So as artists, you have to kind of be careful, like 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 what do you call yourself? You know, you like, really do. I'm this, I guess. I mean. Can I say I'm both? Or I don't want to confuse anyone. Yeah, you don't want to confuse people. You also want to like be putting yourself out there. You know, it's it's, it's all really hard. Yeah. But I think it's natural. Like if you're a creative person, you just keep doing different things all the time. Like you're. Just, it's very you know, natural. You're doing this a little more and playing the guitar or whatever. Bob Dylan makes these paintings now. I'm just like in awe of this guy. Like my whole life, he makes giant sculptures, iron work. He like, he's just can't stop. He's like a ball of creativity. It's, it's so inspiring. That's crazy. Yeah. So I think I, and I, but I, you never thought of that, you know, for most of his life. And now it's just kind of coming out that, you know, he does all this other stuff as much as he can. It's just can't stop himself. I think that's how we all should be. I think that's kind of like, how we're supposed to be in a way almost like it's just these creative crazy things <laughs> just we just keep going we can't stop it because that's our like work on the planet is to be creative and yeah it's useful you know believe it or not that that's one of the big things we to talk about in philosophy class that i found interesting was like that whether or not art had utility like in our capitalist kind of you know um rugged individualist kind of culture we really don't think of art as having like a value and it reflects in in how we build everything from our cities to our industries and you don't see that in the same way in europe and especially not in europe but in other places like if you walk around the city in in europe you know you can see that like art has utility because or how they believe it does because the cities are so pleasant to walk around in, you know, there's like trees, there's parks, there's like beautiful things. And you don't, you're not necessarily aware of it because you're so used to not being aware of it as an American, maybe. Right. But you're like, why do I like enjoy this so much? You know? And why, why, why when I go to a park, is that so nice? You know, it's like, well, that's kind of how it should be. Like, We should, Art should be part of like, you know, life and built into, you know, the subway system even. But um, I'm thinking of like the Paris subway thing that I, I've seen in the pictures or whatever. Right. And it's, it's crazy because I actually used to live in Europe for a few months during college for oh, cool. a um, internship that I did for Off-White. And I actually quit the job I was originally assigned because I was like, this is bullshit. Like I have connections. I can, and I'm good at networking. Like I can just go get my own job. And like, I got in really big trouble in my school for that. And they were like, Oh, like you can't do that. Da, da, da. But you know, in Europe, you have a whole different mindset. It's like you, you have all these opportunities and like, it's not even a career. It's more about like just moments in the day. And like, you know, once you see it that way and like, see it as like yeah. your time is valuable and like your time is meant to be working on different projects, then it can be that way. But like how you're saying in America, you know, we're all about categorizations. We're all about like, who am I in your mental Rolodex? You know, what does it say in my description in your iPhone contact? Does it say rapper? Does it say mm-hmm. met on set? Does it say actor? Does it say podcaster? You know, does it say friend? What does it say? You know? Yeah. 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 And I you think, know? If you don't think that way, it's hard for for people like us to wrap our heads around other people thinking that way. It's just like, 
how can you treat people that way? It's like, it's baffling and it's something you have to kind of keep dealing with. Like, oh yeah, they think of me as X, you know, or whatever it is. It's, it's, it's challenging. <laughs> and it's hard to deal with, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it, it used to be really hard for me. And that's why I use different names as an actor, actually. Like I was, I mean, my last name is, I don't know, should I say it? It's like Dutch last name. And, you know, I still use it acting, but I, for the longest time, I thought I better use my middle name, like my mom's maiden name or something to like, because it's easier to say for one thing, but it's also like, it separates me from that other career and, and people, you know, I, I know from experience that they have a problem. Like if they go look me up, they might be like, Oh, this guy's really X, not Y. And he's saying he's Y, you know, <laughs> cause I've experienced that kind of phenomenon. And I, I know not everybody thinks that way, but it's like, it's kind of like a weird question. Do you cater to that thing, that thing out there that where people do that or do you just blow it off and be like i'm bigger than that or and it's kind of a weird you gotta kind of pick your battles maybe i i don't know but i get i think that might be partly why like actors change their names sometimes too is to like you know get us some freedom from from how they've been perceived before totally so, um, did I answer that guy's question earlier? I feel like. <laughs> yeah, you did. You answered it really well too. Like, I think you're really, you're really a great artist, and you're really good at uh, at um, taking care of, you know, what other people are are thinking of you, and like understanding like what you bring in because a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, I, yeah, it's. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. That's really kind of you. Yeah, of course. And I'm really glad you came on the show. And I would definitely love to hang with you soon. As I mentioned, like, I'm sure my boyfriend would love to meet you. I told him about you. I was like, this guy's so cool. And I looked up your IMDb, like, once we met. And I was like, damn, like, you've done a lot of stuff. And, like, you're really humble. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I feel like. I've been beaten into humility. <laughs> I, I know, be, right? And it's like, in the industry, it's like, it's like crazy, right? Because we even do so much stuff that's not on our IMDb or that's not online or that's not posted about. And it, it's really impressive to see everything you do. And like, I, I, as I said, I'm especially impressed with people who like have been here since day one hustling, like not from here, just like came here to kill it. And like, that's a whole, that's a whole mood. It's a whole, it's a whole vibe, you know? the whole thing it's life it's it's a life choice i you know and i'm impressed with you you're you're on your game you're doing stuff like and and you have a natural charisma that's like gonna help you so much especially in this town it's it's such a great asset and i that's the thing that acting class has helped me with a little bit but is just something that was sort of not not it was kind of gone by the time i had gotten here because i was so mired in philosophy books and stuff like that you know <laughs> So that's a really great thing. And and keep up the great work. Oh, I have a t-shirt I should give you sometime. I made these t-shirts. Um, next time I see you, I'll, I'll bring you guys one. Oh, awesome. What does it say? It's like I, I decided a couple months ago I, I should put some of my old sketch work on like a t-shirt. And so I, I went down to the fashion districts and like wandered around and, and got some t-shirts, you know, and yeah. uh, from someplace <laughs> I found... And then I found a printer in Burbank who was like a cool guy. And, uh, and yeah, I just had him print like a sketch on a t-shirt and then I started wearing it around. Like, let's see if people think this is cool or not. 
and I got some good feedback. So I made like I made a few, and it's just it's just like an image of a guy on a t-shirt like falling kind of thing. <laughs> well, I definitely love to check it out, and thanks for coming on the show. It's so great having yeah. you. And- We'll definitely be in touch and like thank you for advice and everything and for like being so incredible and just being you and ah. stay dope. Um, I love interviewing cool artists like you and you know I can't wait to see what you do next. This is so fun. I've never done this before. I'm so excited. This is so fun. <laughs> awesome. You. Well, it's great talking to you, Ben. And I'll see you. Likewise. We'll definitely have to plan something. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right. Peace. Okay. Bye. Bye.